And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, totally triumphant Tuesday. It is Tuesday, right? I'm just making sure. As we find unity from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, do you know what if 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 it means? I'll say it again. Do you know what if 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 it means? Do not fear. Jesus will guide us to the truth. When the disciples walked with Jesus, they came across a fig tree. I have to wonder if Jesus chose the fig tree for his teaching because Adam and Eve used a fig leaf to cover themselves in the garden. Then Jesus applies the same lesson to a mountain, from a fig tree to a mountain. That is quite a range for using faith. Get it? Range, mountain. Thank you. Next, nothing is going to stop me now. Nothing should be stopping you now. Nothing should be stopping us now. And nothing has been stopping Christians from getting the attention of Jesus for over 2,000 years. But getting his attention irritates the religious and the non-religious alike. What should we do with such a dilemma? We should care about their insights as much as we care about a pet rock. And then finally, oh, to be admired by the throngs of potential fans that exist in the world. We can then promote the dumbest products and still make money even if we don't use the products. We can be the hub of all the worldly things that are deemed important. And we can guarantee that all of those efforts will be burned up in fire, the fire of God. So if we do anything, it better be connected to Jesus and to eternity. That's the only way our efforts will make it past the fire. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanity is annoying. So much more. Hey, hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. Nothing weird will happen that we know of. 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that call, it's Captain Chris that will answer the phone. And then you will be... It's just such a nice breakup into everything, right? It's just like the song comes in. It's like, you know, you get a lot of teaching, and then it's all of a sudden, it's like so funny. Anyhow, here's the bottom line. If you have a question, a thought, a comment, if you have something you want to share, keep in mind this is not your kvetch fest. 
This is the place where we're trying to encourage one another using Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, encouraging one another daily, and Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, as the day approaches. And we're just trying to be a strength to one another, a blessing to one another, and a help to one another. That is what we are all called to do. There's no exception there. So if you have a prayer request or a praise report, if you have something you want to share or a question you want to ask, or if you have an answer to Bible trivia like this one, true or false? That already gives you a 50-50 shot. True or false? Jesus never healed a woman. True or false? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. You will have very limited opportunities to influence. You have, what is today, Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. you got about four days, five days maybe, um, to uh, give your opinion if you have any preference as to what we're going to replace Colossians with. If you have no opinion and you just don't care and you just want to go, yeah, whatever, uh, then that's okay. Okay. All right. But true or false, true or false, here's the question. Jesus never healed a woman. You know, they have all the things that people say uh, about uh, Jesus and and, uh, and about the disciples and about Paul, and they're all, it's everyone's a lie. <laughs> it's everyone's. I got to just read their writings. What they take most of the opinions of are from church uh, doctors. Oh gosh, I hate to say that. Church doctorate people who write goofy stuff and don't bother to read the book. Okay, I can't. I can't do much about that. All right, so we got that going. We got that going. Right? Anything else? No. All right. You having fun yet? <laughs> Is this a fun day today? Oh yeah, so much fun. Okay. <laughs> a fun day was yesterday. Oh, that's right. Fun day Monday. That's right. I forgot. Okay. Here you go. Uh, here is Matthew uh, chapter 20, uh, I think it's verse 20 through 22. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to the mountain." Be taken up and thrown to the sea. It will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. What's the big deal on this text? I'm going to tell you what the big deal is on this text. Three times in three verses, Jesus uses the word if. Now, I am not a an English major, okay? In fact, if I didn't have spell check, I'd be in a lot of trouble. I'm just telling you. I mean, I've written so many papers I mean, it's just incredible how many uh, papers I've written. And if I didn't have spell check, I I would not be I would not be standing with an A. I can promise you. Okay, but I have figured out a few things about the English language. And if does mean something along the lines of if. So I think when you listen to this and you read this and you understand what's being said, when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith. See, this is, this is I'm going to go. And do not doubt. You will not only do what's been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to a mountain. So now he's, he's going, look, it's not just this fig tree. 
And remember in my beginning or opening comments, some people, re- I had one uh, really good friend, great guy, Bill Hannock, just a wonderful man. Uh, he taught a whole sermon on the fig tree was used as an illustration because Adam and Eve used a fig to cover themselves. I thought that was cool. I don't know if it's right or not, but it was cool. It's awesome. But the point of the message is between a fig tree and a mountain stands an if. That's the key. Whatever you ask in prayer, verse 22, you will receive if you have faith. See, this is, that's, that's it. So sometimes we come before the Lord, and let's you know, kind of do the more honesty uh, Christian thing, the practical Christian approach. Sometimes you come for the Lord, and you pray, and it's a little bit—I don't want to say it's a little bit dusty, but let's say it's a little bit traditional because you kind of go through a model or some kind of approach that maybe you take. Perhaps you do better than I do, uh, and you're always spontaneous, but for me, I need a little bit of structure, or I just go bananas, and then I could be talking to the Lord about, you know— Godzilla versus King Kong kind of movie or something, and that doesn't seem to help my spiritual walk very much. So I use a little bit of structure to keep me on the track. And so, uh, but uh, the the reality is, I can make it so that it's too dusty or too traditional or too uh, too much like just repeating patterns of words, which Jesus said don't do. And so I try to be aware of that. And the whole thing comes down to this element, and that is if we have faith when we're praying, you don't just offer up the prayer and then go, boy, I hope that worked. You know, it's like, it's like, I know, and you know what I'm saying without saying it. It's like, look, you don't just throw stuff on the wall. You don't do it. You have to have active faith. And so when you're praying, the way we get our prayers answered is if we answer the if. I mean, uh, that's not theology at all. It's, you know, I mean, it's not even, uh, there's no group that can... You just, you got to have faith. I mean, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe that he is, which means he exists, and he's a rewarder of those who seek him, which means he grants requests. You got to believe that. And so when you petition and when you come before the Lord, and I know that there's moments in, in life and moments in your walk where your faith is a little higher than others. I mean, I'm, I know, understand that. But it, it doesn't change the principle. And what is the principle? The principle is if you have faith. So if you're going to pray and you're going to like not really even think it's going to happen, then what do you do? It's the same thing the disciples did in Acts chapter 12. They prayed for Peter to get out. When Peter got out, they didn't believe it. Oh, we don't believe this. It can't be Peter. Why? You were praying about it. I know, but that was just one of those, you know, cover them prayers. You know, it's like, what is that? We have to actually have faith. When you petition the Lord, when we pray on this show, I know you're just like, well, that sounds similar. It sounds like, well, they all sound similar in the sense that we always end them in Jesus' name. But I mean, the bottom line is, I believe now is my belief higher at some times than others. Yeah. But there's it, there's a mustard seed somewhere. And I'm, and I'm trying to walk in that fullness of that mustard seed. And so when you pray, believe, have faith. And so when you petition, answer the if before you ask. If you have faith, right? All right, trivia. Uh, We've got to do our trivia. Uh, first and foremost, true or false, Jesus never healed a woman. <clears throat> way false. Not even false, false. Way, way false. Totally, compl- just so false. False knew, knows nothing bigger than that. That's just, look up false in the dictionary. That trivia question.
All right, I must be having fun. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running, running and running and running. But I want to get this specific scripture, and it's really important. It's Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 21. It says this, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it was said so shall your offspring be without weakening in his faith his faith he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead hey it was not an impossibility god gave him a promise when he was 75 it didn't get to fulfilled until he was 100 25 years between promise and fulfillment, God made sure he was good and dead before the promise came about so that when Isaac was born, everybody knew, it's amazing, it's a miracle. Exactly. And and it wasn't that Abraham didn't know he was, ha- he was old. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old, 99 before the conception took place, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. It doesn't say that Abraham went through this and turned around and yelled at God and complained. He gave glory to God. He knew God could do this. And he believed that the promise that God had given him was important. And he held on to that, even though facing the fact the circumstance was completely wiped out. Guess what? God showed up. I'm telling you right now, you can tell me all you want about circumstances and situations and your feelings and your processes, but I am telling you, when God shows up, according to Scripture and according to testimony, to the law and to the testimony, the Scripture says, to the prophets and to the testimony, here's what you got to be aware of. When God shows up, changes everything. And you're thinking, well, will that happen for Easton Scott? I hope so. But guess what? If my daughter spends her whole life believing and Easton's whole life believing that God can step in and this can change and that may yet happen, she's not done a bad thing. She's raised a child with this gracious hope. If God decides not to do that, instead of complaining about it, it's about giving glory to God, believing that he knows what is in our best interest, even when we don't understand. And yes, I get it. There are tough things. I went through a a, a myriad of tough things, and I'm surprised. First of all, I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Second of all, I'm surprised that the Lord brought me through any of them. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. But he did it anyway. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. You know, I do get this uh, question every once in a while. It's like, how do you get into the radio station? And then you do like an hour and a half and you just, you know, pound, 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 pound. And here's my answer. By the grace of God. 
right? I think I have to spend a little bit of time every time I get to the studio repenting as I'm walking in because of my driving. I'm a terrible driver. I'm just a, I'm just, you know. I'm the guy that's I'm 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 just I'm trying to do better. I really am. You should have seen me in California. I almost <laughs> Almost lost my mind because there you it took uh, you know seventy five minutes to go ten miles. It's just like oh my gosh, that was tough. So here at least you're moving. I like that. That part's good. Uh, yeah, you can pray for me. I have a bunch of faults. Let's just start with that one and leave it there. Uh, here is a classic. Now I got three trivia questions in a row, and they all build on each other, which means. Even if you don't get the first one, if you follow the sequence, you might be able to figure it out. That would be kind of how I'd say it to you. Which famous general was, or commander, was healed of his leprosy by dipping himself in a river? What was that guy's name? Okay. If... I just want to say, I know that Joanne and Cordelia were answering right away, but they did a voice recognition. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to wait and tell you what the first word was that came out. It could be the funniest thing I've seen ever in a text. Uh, if you think you know, uh, 972-445-0770. Or you can text in 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at he must increase. Org. What was the name of that commander that dipped himself in the river and then was like, what? And uh, it was pretty specific. He was healed of his leprosy. Second funniest thing I've ever seen comes in from Aunt Deb. Which, by the way, uh, Deb, I have a joke that is not anti-cat, but it's involved. You'll understand. Um, okay, do we have somebody ready to answer that? <laughs> what do you see some of the answers that people gave? This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, my name is Patricia. Hi, Patricia. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. I can't believe I got you. <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy for you. This is a great yeah. question, too, because the next two questions are going to build right on top of it. Okay? So yes. that's So that's why I want to be able to get Which famous general slash commander was healed of his leprosy by dipping himself in a river? Naaman the Syrian. That is correct, Amundo! Wow! <laughs> Excellent. Uh, did you know right away? Did you go like, oh, I know, that's Naaman. That's Naaman. That Naaman guy, right? Did yes. you know it right away? Well, I read the Bible a lot, and I listen to your show every day, so that helped me a lot. <laughs> that is awesome. That's so great. I got to tell you what, what two people wrote. Joy, Ann, and Cordelia, they did their voice, a voice-to-text thing, and their answer was banana. Oh, wow. I think that was spell check going wrong. Yeah, I think that just went the wrong direction right there. And then, right. of course, Aunt Deb went Captain Crunch, and we'll just leave it there. Right. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> job. Thank you for calling. Don't ever hesitate to call into the show. We love it, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. God all bless. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, all right. Now, I have a couple of jokes. <laughs> I'm warning everybody. <laughs> This I don't even know if I should do the third one. I'll just do the first two, and then we'll see how it plays out. Maybe that that's a good idea. Uh, son to uh, his mom. Hey, mom, can you loan me 20 bucks? Mom, does it look like I'm made of money? Son, isn't that what 
M-O-M stands for mom made of money. Ah, waka waka. (laughs) I think it's good. All right. This is a little better. I'm still very hesitant to do the third joke. I'm telling you I'm hesitant. How about that? Is that good? Uh, You know why you can't teach biblical interpretation to a kleptomaniac? Because he would take everything, literally. (laughs) Literally, take everything. All right. Uh, I just can't do this. (laughs) Aunt Deb would be so mad at me. I'm gonna. I gotta pass. I don't. You know, should I do it? It's pretty. It's like you know. All right, I'll do it. <laughs> do not get mad at me, and Deb's on our board. You can't get mad at me. A weary evangelist knocked on another door, fully expecting to have it slammed in his face. Sure enough, an older woman answered angrily, demanding he leave one at once to figure out because uh, she couldn't figure out why he was there and she slammed the door. The door, however, bounced back open. The woman shouted, get your foot out of my door. But ma'am, the evangelist began. Then the woman again slammed the door in his face. Once again, the door bounced back. Get your foot out of my door, the woman yelled again. One more time, she slammed it. One more time, it bounced back open. But ma'am, the evangelist said, only to be cut off. Don't talk back to me, the woman screamed in rage. I want you off my property. She slammed the door a fourth time, only to see it bounce open a fourth time. Ma'am, the evangelist yelled as he beat to a hasty retreat on the sidewalk. You'll be able to close your door if you move your cat. (laughs) Come on. I know. I told you, didn't I? Didn't I say that was kind of right at the borderline, right there, right? Well, David's been nice knowing you. Yeah. Well, you know, the whole gig's been real gas, but I gotta go. Okay. Anyhow. Uh. Oh. Okay. You can forgive me. I ask everybody's forgiveness, not because I wouldn't tell that joke, but because it was only kind of funny. That. That's why. It's a little. A little cold. All right, Matthew chapter 20, verse 29 through 31. And they went out of Jericho, uh, and a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. Okay? The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. First of all, I want you to understand a few things about this text, and I've taught it before, and I'll, I'll teach you. I love this portion. There's two guys, and they're blind, and they're sitting on the roadside. They hear about Jesus. They don't see him. They're blind. Okay, so, so just follow the. They're, they're, they hear what's going on, and only by hearing do they express this moment of faith or confidence. And by the way, they say to Jesus. Son of David. Now, son of David is a term for messiahship, which means they've heard about Jesus. And if you're uh, in that kind of position, in that kind of social situation, you're going to hear things, rumors and things that are taking place throughout the city. And now they're hearing about this Jesus guy. And some people are saying he's a messiah and some people are saying not. And they're going to take that step of faith and say he is. He's the messiah. So they start screaming and calling out, right? What happens? What happens when they cry out? Behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. When they heard Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them. Not public happiness. The crowd was against them. The people did not like it. First of all, it's 
dirty in the context of socially. You got blind people and they're screaming out for help and da-da-da. So it's kind of like uncomfortable. And then the people are like, you know, be quiet. You know, like, don't do not do this. Don't act this way and don't scream. And what did they do? They, they just totally became quiet and they went somewhere else. No, they didn't. That's not what they did. The Bible says they cried out all the more. Now, why, why is that in Scripture? So that you and I can understand that there's times when you cry out to the Lord and people in general will go, you know, don't do don't do that. And you know what you do? You do it even more. You get even more. What's the word I'm looking for? Bodacious or something along those lines where you're just like, no, I'm not going to. No, I'm not taking this. I'm going forward. I'm going forward. The crowd, the public rebuked. But they were like, no way, because there was an opportunity for them to be touched by the Messiah. And they weren't going to let anybody or anything or any group or any public sway change their position. And you think, well, okay, but, you know, I mean, they could have approached it differently. No, in this case, they could not have. There was a crowd. They weren't going to be able to maneuver their way into Jesus. The only way to get Jesus's attention was to cry out. They couldn't follow him, per se. So they had to get attention by yelling all the more. In other words, they took what they had and complained about what they did. They took what they had and they used it to access Jesus. And when people tried to silence their one opportunity to connect, they got even more bold and cried out even more. Here's my biggest lesson from this. There's multiple lessons you can really take from this. You and me and everybody that's a believer, we do not let people stop us from accessing Jesus, no matter what the public opinion is, period, ever. You never, ever, ever let the crowd dictate. It's just super simple. When you and the crowd dies, which one of ye all has a heaven to put yourself in? None? Oh, but God has a heaven to put you in, and that's the only one you care about. And that's it. That's it. There's nothing else. Did you get that? All right. Get that? All right. Did you get that? All right. I just want to make sure everybody understands that. Nothing stands between you and the Lord. And I know you're not going to like this, but not spouse, not kids, not parents, not any, not even you. Nothing stands between you and the Lord, right? All right. That's the way to do it. Sorry about the bad joke. That's all I can say. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a short break, then we'll come back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at 1,000 miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then, the show starts. And you realize that none of that stuff 
has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. What is the David Spoon Experience? These are church signs. Now, some of these are okay, but some of these are funny. So, uh, and, and we let uh, Terrific T be the ultimate uh, decision maker. Here it is. There's uh, 10 signs. We'll do them real fast. The first one, free trip. This on a church. Free trip to heaven. Details inside. Okay. Not bad, right? Not bad. Hey, 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 hey. All right. Here's the next one. Try our Sundays. They're better than Baskin Robbins. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, this is funny because you got to hear it as I do it. Searching for a new look? Have your faith lifted here. Instead <laughs> of face lifted? Come on. All right. Uh, as an ad for a church uh, with a picture of somebody holding two stone tablets where the Ten Commandments are, and it says, for fast, fast, fast relief, take two tablets. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not even going to disagree with you on that one. Uh, the restaurant next to the church put out a big sign that says "Open Sundays." Uh, that's not a good one. Just skip that one altogether. Uh, having okay, having trouble sleeping? We have sermons. Come on in and hear. <laughs> uh, come in and pray today. Beat the Christmas rush. <laughs> Oh, he's going Christmas. <laughs> All right. Uh, this was on a sign in front of a church. Sign broken. Message inside this Sunday. <laughs> They're saying the sign is broken. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, come work for the Lord. The work is hard. The hours are long and the pay is low, but the retirement benefits are out of this world. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. And then, uh, finally, if you're headed in the wrong direction, God allows U-turns. U-turns. Hey, 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 hey. Not bad, right? That's all right, right? It's pretty good. A little funnier than the clown ones. Yeah, <laughs> very funny <laughs> than clown ones. A little funnier than the clown ones. I have to think that Try Our Sundays are better than Baskin Robbins. That's a good one. <laughs> That's one of my Okay. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we lost half our crowd on that last joke. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's come back with the classic, right? Okay. Here's the classic, right? Roses are red. Violets are bluish. If it wasn't for Jesus, you'd all be Jewish. Okay. See, that's always a good one. Okay, you can't get away from that one. Sorry for those. <laughs> I tried. I feel bad about it because not because it was a it was just not that funny. That's really what it was. How many times? Remember, we were just talking about the general commander and he kind of uh, dipped into the Jordan River, right? How many times did this general dip himself in the river? How many times? How many times? Kirk jumping on that one. Captain Crunch, somebody said. <laughs> um, okay, if you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I'm also going to send you to the website, and the reason is because you guys know it's Christmas. It gets a little tougher time, and uh, giving-wise, it gets a little tougher. Just how it, and There's nothing abnormal. It happened last year. It happened the year before that. It just happens. Do the best you can if you can. If you can't, just keep praying for us. I would rather you commit to prayer than anything else. 
because I believe that God changes universes. And, and I mean, I mean that. And, and actually, multiple universes, but we'll talk about that another time. Uh, please go to he must increase.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okay, here is the trivia question again. I want to make sure you still have that opportunity. How many times did the general dip himself in that river? That would be the general commander, Naaman. How many times did he dip himself in the river? Uh, you're welcome to reach out to us, uh, 972-445-0770, In the meantime, let's do history. Let's go Okay, a couple things to tell you. Today is Roast Chestnuts Day. Have you ever had roasted chestnuts? I have not. Okay, so I was in New York one time, and they had them. They would sell them by the bags, and uh, they're delicious. I mean, they're actually they're really really good. You know, you know, it's amazing. I've never had them before. It's like wow. It's also National Bully Bay. Is it Bully Bay? Bully Bay. Bully Bay. I can never figure out how to say this. It's so weird. Bully base, bully bay, bully, 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 bully. It's that thing. Uh, it's uh, different types of fish in kind of like a soupy thing. And uh, bottom line in that one is uh, uh, Noel is like, no. <laughs> See, in our house, you have certain things that we don't you know, have a lot of rules like that. No. Okay, that's one of the rules. Uh, second newspaper ever in America, the Boston Gazette. Seven was published on this day in 1719. Uh, still no more truth than any other time. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Um, that's not important. NASCAR was founded in Daytona Beach, Florida on this day in 1947. I like this. This is cool. Barry Gordy founded the Motown record label in Detroit, Michigan. That's cool. From Detroit. You know, that was big. You know, it's kind of a big deal. There And then the last thing, in 1987, Chrysler o odometer fraud. The automobile uh, Chrysler pleaded no contest to charges of rolling back odometers on cars and selling them as new. Yikes. Should have said like new. <laughs> is, that, is that like the grass phrase? Instead of used, it's like new. Not a lot like new, just like new. It's like, wow. All right, so that's the uh, – we still got the trivia question. How many times did the dude dip? <laughs> that's the question, right? Okay. Uh, let's get into the next text. Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 through 28. Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus, in teaching his disciples, you... You have to understand how much, well, you don't have to, but you should understand how much Jesus knows what's going to happen. He's going to die. He's going to resurrect. Then Acts 2 4 is going to come around. The power of the Holy Spirit is going to be dropping on these people, and the Spirit of God is going to move upon them. 
and a whole movement is going to change the world in the midst of one of the fiercest empires ever, uh, actually acknowledged even by Daniel as being iron, and iron smashes everything. That's what the passage says. And it's like right in the middle of this empire is this kingdom that's going to be built, and it's going to just flood the earth. And 2,000 years later, it's still flooding the earth. So Jesus, knowing that these guys are the guys that are like the in-charge guys of when this process is taking place and what's going to go on, he, he gets them together and he goes, okay, now look, in the world, the way that things operate is always top down, okay? It's always top down, okay? It's the golden rule of the world. You know what the golden rule of the world is? He that has the gold makes the rule. That's how it goes from a worldly point of view. Jesus goes, I don't want you doing that. Now, you have to think, well, why would Jesus have to say that? Because he knew how big and powerful the church was going to become. And what he tells them is, you're not going to be that way. You're not going to do that. You're going to be like a servant. In order to be great, you have to be less. In order to be first, you have to be more like the slave and be last. In order to do it right, instead of being served, you have to serve others. This is another one of those paradoxes where we talk about the kingdom of God being in the exact opposite realm of everything else, just like Superman's bizarro world where everything is backwards. In this case, everything that the world does from a leadership point of view, Jesus is saying, do it the other way. Do it the other way. Do it the other way. The reason that he tells us to do it this way is is— multiple, but the main reason is coming down to because God is watching, and there is really only one true ruler, and everybody else is underneath. So Jesus tells them, don't lord it over. We had a church movement, uh, 1976, uh, 73 to 76, Derek Prince and a few other people, Bob Mumford and other people like that, and they, they created this movement called the Shepherding Movement. The Shepherding Movement was the pastor acted like the commander of the church and told everybody what to do and how to do it, and they, they were in charge of everything and so on and so forth. Exact opposite of the teaching of Jesus Christ. This is just like amazing. It's like the exact opposite of what Jesus wanted. Jesus said, if you're going to be great, you be the servant. If you're going to be great, you be last. If you're going to be great, you step back. If you're going to be great, you serve. Don't be served. And the idea behind this is for all of us to recognize there is one shepherd, and at best, every other pastor in the entire world, at best, is a sub-shepherd but should actually be the chief servant of each congregation. And don't tell me that every pastor, you know, every pastor is the chief servant. There are some pastors, I mean, you don't need to be driving a Rolls Royce to be a pastor. Sorry, I just, I just, don't, I just don't see Jesus doing that. Now, I don't think Jesus would have drove a Pinto, so there's a whole other argument there. But that's not what I'm, what I'm saying is be the servant. Be the one that gives. Be the one that's selfless, not selfish. Be like Jesus. You know, the, the slaves were in their time uh, different than what American slavery is because biblical slavery and American slavery are two different planets. doesn't even exist on the same plane. But the slaves, they were always last. They were never first. 
Jesus said, be last. Be humble. Be like me. The thing that people miss is that Jesus could have come, done a few miracles in the palace, then gotten a lot of favor from the people and taken over the entire structure of the Roman government and been in charge of the world. But he didn't, did he? He came humble. He lived humble. He ministered humble. They even tried to make him a king one time. He got out of the way. He said, I'm out. Well, you're wrong. You guys are doing this wrong. And I want you to recognize the most important thing that Jesus did. He came to serve and he came to give. What was the greatest resource that Jesus used to serve and to give? His life. The greatest resource that Jesus used in serving others was his life. He used that to serve others. He gave his life up. He didn't seek positions of recognition. He sought to help. He loved people by focusing on them and not himself. It's just like, it's so hard to do that in a world that everything is selfish. The only way to do that is by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside you. The only way to do that is to stay in constant communion with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The only way to do that is to be prayerful, and the only way to do that is to be fully engaged in the Word of God on an everyday, regular basis so your spiritual man can eat the food that God has provided. And your resource is you. The trivia question, how many times did the general dip himself in the river? The answer is seven. He dipped himself seven times. There you go. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here 
on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? My guest on the phone today is absolutely no exception and is one of the top tiers. Uh, I want to say welcome to Dr. David Jeremiah from Turning Point. Dr. Jeremiah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be with you. It's great to have you on the show. I was doing a little bit of research, and I just wanted to ask you, because I want to talk about the new book, and I want to talk about the study Bible you just released and Turning Point, but I was going over some of the materials you've done, and I, and I, on my list I have that you've done at this point, and if I'm wrong, correct me, uh, at least 53 books with three New York Times bestsellers and one about to be a fourth New York Times bestseller, 100 Bible study guides, and you sold more than 4 million books. Is that right? Well, you know more about that than I do, but that sounds that sounds probably about right. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. So everybody who's uh, listening to this uh, uh, broadcast right now certainly, I'm sure, wants to send out their appreciation for you taking the time and committing yourself to this process. I was uh, going through your background, and, and as I was reading it, I understand that you actually accepted the Lord as your uh, Savior when you were 14. Is that right? That's about right. Yeah, that's about how old I was. Yeah. So you were you were young when you came into the faith. Actually, I I really had a head start in many respects because I was born into the family of a pastor, and I heard the gospel many many times and probably had some preliminary experiences before I truly understood it for myself at that age. <clears throat> so I was blessed to be brought up in a Christian home with with the message of the gospel very very familiar to me. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I want to give Captain Chris big props because he just reminded me that 42 years ago today, one of my favorite movies. Now, again, people are going to get upset. Relax. But The Jerk, the movie The Jerk with Steve Martin came out. It was so funny. What was that line you used about the cans? When they were he shooting? hates these cans. He hates these cans because he was shooting the cans. Oh, my goodness. And then uh, big props to Deb, who finally came up with this conclusion on what the name of Naaman was between her and Joanne and Cordelia. Commander Banana Crunch. <laughs> you know, you guys are just as bad as me. I just want to point that out. I'm telling. All right. Uh, last trivia question. What did Naaman put on two mules to take back with him? What did he, he put something on two mules and, uh, to take back with him. What was it? What did he take back with him? Okay. All right. Joanne and Cordelia nailing that right away. What did he take back with him? Okay, I can give so many hints, but I'm not going to. What did he take back with him? That's all. It's not a complex question. If you think you know, uh, you can call 972-445-0770, or you can text 214-210-8483, or you can send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. What did Naaman take back with him? He took something back. What did he take? Got to think about what he took when he was uh, standing before Elijah, tried to give him some gifts. That didn't work out very good, but he took something back. And he's like, I want to take this back. Is it okay? And uh, just, just simple as can be. There you go. Is that pretty straightforward? Okay. All right. Anything else we got to cover? Oh, all right. Don't forget to check the schedule. 
because next week's going to be kind of a goofy week because it is Christmas. I will be doing some Christmas teachings on Wednesday and Thursday. I'm not sure what's happening on Monday yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. And then we will be doing, and the following, when New Year's comes, I'm going to be doing some New Year's kind of stuff. Theologian in the making. Um, okay, uh, let's get to this last portion here. Again, if you ever want to go to the website and just send a prayer request, you're always welcome to do that. We will pray for you. I pray for everybody in the audience. I can't name every one of you by name, as you probably could figure out. But I do uh, my best to uh, bring everybody before the Lord at least once a week by name, specifically. Okay? Uh, so I'm just letting you know. If you got any prayer requests or something's on your heart, it just kind of get that sense that somebody's got some heavy send it in and nobody will see it and we will we'll pray for, over you okay all right uh here's something i want you to do this is called spiritual observation so as you know when we go through our introduction we talk about um you know we talk about different things personal revelation spiritual observations my life's insanities and stuff like that this is that i don't really have any i don't think we have any sound for it so we'll have to come up with something but this is an observation i'm going to share something with you that is important to understand principle wise okay this is called the road to the promise the road to the promise this is an observation that I am uh, sharing with you. David, King David, before he was king, what happened? He was promised to be the king. He was anointed by Samuel. He was told he was going to be the king. And we mentioned this the other day when we were talking about Ziklag. Before he became king, he went to pre-king school. Okay. Pre-king school is the real seminary. What I go through now is seminary by human standards, but God's pre-king school is much worse. That's where God, in a sense, removes from you and I the things he just doesn't want us want in our lives. So David is anointed to be king. He's chased by Saul. He goes through this devastation at Ziklag where they came and they took his family. He does recover it all. But these are all the things that happen in his pre-king school. And the whole point of that is that he became the king as was promised after he was chased by Saul and went through his devastation and had to hide years. In other words, he gets a promise, just like Abraham got a promise, didn't get fulfilled for 25 years, right? Proverbs 18, 12, before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. This proverb is teaching us that before the honor position is the humility position. How do we have that as an example? Jesus is coming two times from that practical point of view, the first coming and the second coming. The first coming in a form of humility as a human being. The second coming as a reigning king. But before he came as a reigning king, he came as a person born in a manger amongst animals, without any fanfare. Before, the honor was the humility. And what 
my observation in that is for many of us, there are steps that we take and we grow in the Lord, and I think everybody does to some degree, but this lesson needs to be something observed and, and we need to be made aware of, that many times before the Lord bestows honor upon us, before the Lord blesses or pours out, he allows a certain amount of humility to dig into our system so that when we encounter it, we encounter it with more wisdom and more insight and more of a responsiveness to him than our flesh would prefer. And when you, when you look at this principle and you walk this into the New Testament, watch this connection in this verse. John chapter 12, verse 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. But its death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. It's almost as though the Lord is telling us, communicating to us, there's parts of us that have to die in order for us to get to where we want to get to or need to get to. And some of us, you know, we resist and we fight. No, 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 no. And that reminds me of just right now, reminds me of this dream I had when I was younger in the Lord. The Lord, I, I wasn't too smart in the beginning. Well, okay, I'm not smart now, but I was really less smart then. So he would speak to me uh, in dreams. I mean, a lot. I mean, more than you would uh, ever think. And I had this dream where I'm sitting there and my brother's on the porch in a house and the house that we were in and he's rocking back and forth and we start wrestling because we would wrestle when we were younger as kids and stuff like that. And, uh, and uh, so I was winning and <laughs> I'm winning. And uh, then all of a sudden I'm getting pushed to the ground, pushed to the ground, pushed to the ground. And I'm like, who's pushing me? Who's pushing me? And then this, this voice submits. And I'm like, no, no. And you know, when you're like fighting and you're not willing to give up. And you're like, no, no, no. And then finally my face was in the dirt and uh, wasn't getting any better. And so I thought, okay, I better, <laughs> better bail on this. This isn't working. And so I said, fine, fine. I submit, fine. And I turn around and nobody was there. And I knew instantly in the dream and instantly when I woke up, that was the Lord pushing me down going, submit, submit. I'm like, no, no, no. And I think many of us go through this where the Lord is pushing your back a little bit to the ground. I'm not trying to be mean or anything. He's pushing your face a little bit down going, stop, stop, submit. That's enough. And we just like, we're rest. No, no, I'm not going to give up. No. Okay, fine. And then you give up. Or you don't give it, you surrender is what the word should be. And then you find out it was God doing it the whole time. And you think, what? I mean, you sure? Yeah. So that's that thing, submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. The devil doesn't flee from you because of you. It's because you submit yourself to God and his power is working through you. That's kind of where that comes from. So my observation in this is— connected to the Proverbs 18:12 portion and that is <clears throat> humility comes before honor and sometimes you go through it and you go through the worst of it i mean the worst of it i don't know how bad is it when you go to a church and and it's not just abusive but then it you know kind of taunts you for years and years and years to come the idea behind it all was what for god to just laugh about the whole thing or for that to turn around and become a ministry where i can get to minister to people who are wounded in churches just like, see, in one sense, you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to yield, I don't want to be humble in this situation. I'm, I'm resisting, I'm resisting. In the other sense, as soon as you do, it's more of the stuff that the Lord wants to do through you takes place. It's almost as though when we yield or surrender and stop trying to be, I don't want to say overly righteous. I want to say we stop trying to be. Uh, 
uh, in control, maybe the way to think of it, because we think we have a good handle on it. The, the answer to that is don't do that. Because if you have control of anything, God will take it from you until you surrender it back to him. And I'm not talking about self-control. I'm not talking about the fruit of the Spirit. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your situation and your circumstance. Let it go and trust him for it. And let him bring you through the school that he's got to bring you through. Most of the time it's a school of brokenness. Because when you come out the other side, that's where the resurrection is. And when Jesus came out the other side, so to speak... He came out with all authority and all power and all the newness of life, and he was the beacon of hope. So a lot came out of that first humble visit. A lot will come out of the next one, too, but the first one, that set us all in a good place. Okay. All right, in regards to trivia, what was, uh, what was it that Naaman asked for? He asked for the earth or dirt to take back with him so he could remember, and uh, he would you probably use that for worship or adoration of the one true God. So he asked for dirt. Sometimes dirt is the right answer. All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.